0: Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years, but when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app, and it's still available on all podcasting platforms. Check us out. Head over to ShiningWizards.com, where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
1: Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the Standing Streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business.
2: The Putting You Over podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday.
3: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your
2: name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we share the room. Share the room. For we right? share the room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go yeah. way back, mate. Hey. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was
0: planned. yeah, yeah,
3: well...
2: Hey, really hey yeah, yeah, it's
1: alright, good on
0: you. Yeah,
2: yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, yeah, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. so you, Take it easy.
1: Two Heels and a
2: Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, HeelsAndAFace.com.
3: Hey, everyone. My name is referee Tony S. And this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you, first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan. And for nearly two decades, I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative, tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment. Answer your questions. Anything goes. No holds? Well, questions barred. And throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeler. I'm soon to be joined by my broadcast partner, the other half of the Can-Am Connection. His name is Christopher Butt. Coming up on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling. Obviously they had their big pay-per-view recently, we're going to go ahead and talk about that. We're also going to be talking about the ticket sales in AEW, uh, specifically one coming to my neck of the woods. How are ticket sales looking right now according to Brandon Thurston? We're also going to be talking about the backstage news on what Vince McMahon's new role is going to be in the TKO group. Uh, And we're also going to talk about the new stock that just hit the New York Stock Exchange with TKO. How much did the price open up at? And additionally, Nick Khan is asked by the media what his thoughts are if he would ever consider a WWE CM Punk relationship again. All that and so much more. But before we go into it, just want to let people know we appreciate the downloads. We're doing really good this month. Continue to have those coming in. And if you know someone who likes wrestling podcasts or just podcasts of friends sitting down and talking, definitely let them know that we're out there. Share the link on social media. Again, we do appreciate that. We'll be giving our social media handles at the end of the show. So with that being said, let's go ahead and let's bring him in. Let's bring in the CAN version of the CAN-AM connection. His name is Christopher Butt. What's going on, man?
0: This is it, Mike. Another Tuesday night. Uh, at the beginning of the week, I get to hang out with you, uh, talk some wrestling, talk some nonsense and foolishness. Uh, we're going to have a good time, be some laughs, and that'll be that. How about you? How are things?
2: I'm good. Things are good. Life is good. Life uh, the fall is is approaching us hopefully soon because I don't think I can take any more of this these summer temperatures. Like, I enjoy the summer. Don't get me wrong. But the temperatures and the humidity, yeah, they can go bye-bye now. I'm ready for fall weather. I'm ready for cooler weather. Now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm full-fledged ready for snow, ice, hazardous travel, none of that. I'm just looking for it would be perfect in my book if it was like 50 to 55 degrees all year round i would love that that'd be perfect for me um crack open the windows enjoy yourself relax uh, are you i never asked you this question before and this is interesting because we've been doing this show for a while now are you a pumpkin spice guy are you no. in that it's fall it's pumpkin no. time no nope. no what what what's what what was the, what's the no? Why you shoot that down so quickly? No no pumpkin, oh, pumpkin pie, beautiful
0: pumpkin okay. seeds, fantastic, pumpkin spice latte, no, wow,
2: what about pumpkin bread?
0: I've never had that.
2: It's really good.
0: I'll give it a try.
2: Yeah, pumpkin bread's really good. But you're not. You're not into the whole pumpkin-spiced uh, coffee uh, craze that's going on right now?
0: Well, no, because it's not coffee.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're a true coffee fan, you're 100% correct on that. It's either 100% Arabica beans or Colombian or whatever, right? And you, you don't even take cream in your coffee. It's your straight black coffee, correct? Correct. Wow. You're hardcore. I don't know about that. I just... I'm <laughs> I just like my coffee straight. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm the kind of guy... I do... I will say this. I do like all flavors of coffee. I don't think I've had a a bad flavor that I don't like. Now, well, I take that back. I don't like anything peppermint. I'm not a peppermint guy. I don't like peppermint uh, candy canes. I don't like peppermint breath mints. I don't like anything that's peppermint. I just... I don't like it. It's just blah. But I will say... I love coffee, um, and I'm more of the flavored creamer than really anything else. So let me ask you, would you, instead of the whole latte thing, would you go your your call? Co- you, you would even put creamer in, would you?
0: Oh, I'm not opposed to putting
2: creamer in. Okay, would you put in pumpkin creamer?
0: No. Not even a try? No. I've tried it. When we you go to like Starbucks, it. Linda gets it. She likes that pumpkin okay,
2: spice. Okay, so Linda stuff. Linda's on the bandwagon. Okay, all right.
0: No, I'm not anti-flavored coffee. Right. I thoroughly enjoy Baileys in my coffee.
2: A Baileys Irish cream <laughs> every Sunday morning. As long as we're not yeah. at work or we're driving, yes, Baileys Irish cream.
0: It's probably more Baileys than there's coffee, but that's okay. It's Sunday morning. That's acceptable. <laughs> no, like Sunday I decided to treat myself to Starbucks. I got a caramel macchiato. So I'm mm. not I'm not completely anti flavored are... coffee.
2: Okay, hold on a second. Would you, I don't even know if this is just an American uh, phrase, but are you familiar with the phrase bougie? Yes, I am. So, Butster, I mean, you're you're the epitome of the rugged man, right? You're the old spice commercial guy. You're outside, you're working with your hands, you're building stuff, you're just, you're tough, ram-tough, but... There is a bougie side of you, I would say. There's a side of you that's kind of like, I like certain things to be a certain way. And so spiced creamer and all that kind of stuff, flavored creamer, what would you accept as a flavored creamer in your coffee? Irish cream. Well, I, uh, I, I, I get that, but I mean, no, realistically.
0: Not, not boozy, like straight up Irish cream, no alcohol.
2: Okay. Um,
0: hazelnut. I'm not opposed to hazelnut. Ooh, hazelnut. I've had that before. What about French vanilla? It's a little sweet for me, the ones I've had. Okay. So that's a, a diabetic in a cup.
2: Diabetes in a cup. This segment's brought to you by Wilbur Brimley. Um,
0: you know what a Nanaimo bar is? Ever heard of an Nanaimo bar?
2: I absolutely have not. That sounds like it's an illegal drug.
0: No, 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 Michael, no. So, an Nanaimo bar, I, I assume it's a Canadian thing. It's a chocolate on top, this yellow custard middle, and the bottom's like chocolate. What would it be? Chocolate, and there's coconut in it and stuff like that. Very good. I'll, so I'll send you the, the link to what I'm talking about. You can get an Nanaimo bar... Flavored creamer, uh, 40 Creek makes it ironically. It is 25% alcohol. I enjoy that one. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of some other flavored
2: now. Hold on, can you get that at the uh, Timmy Hortons?
0: No, okay, you can't get boozy alcohol drinks at Tim Hortons.
2: No, okay,
0: well, Tim I just Hortons kind of heard... like Dunkin' Donuts
2: okay now well, well here's what i will say though do you will you drink gas station coffee oh yeah i've had gas
0: station coffee
2: yeah just right out yeah, underneath the hodl you pour it out yourself the whole mm-hmm. night okay I,
0: I, I don't know where you get off thinking i'm bougie I'm i think far, you're bougie far,
2: far. yeah i don't how? know about all that you're bougie how there's some booge to you. I, I can't quite put my finger on it, but there's a little bouge to you. The fact that you go to Starbucks is a little bouge.
0: Every once in a while, I treat myself uh, to Starbucks. Uh,
2: a little booge. Uh, a little booge. I don't go to Starbucks. You have to take a second mortgage out on the house to go to Starbucks.
0: Where's six, six bucks?
2: For a cup of Joe?
0: I don't go often. Every once in a while is a treat.
2: Okay. I go to the gas station, you know what I do? It's right next to the, the Copenhagen. Not that I'd use Copenhagen, I'm just saying it's right next to it. Right there.
0: Well, I usually make my coffee I shouldn't even say that. No, I don't make my coffee. Linda makes my coffee for me every morning. I'm very lucky that way.
2: Nice. Is it a Keurig or is it a regular like a pot that you that she makes? Coffee pot. Nice. I like the old school coffee pot. I really do like we have an old school Mr. Coffee here. You, I would not sell that for anything. Well, we, have,
0: we, we have a Cuisinart. It's uh, you can put the coffee pods on one side or the coffee pot on the other.
2: A Cuisinart. Yeah. Okay, so you can you can either do traditional coffee pot or you can do the the K cup. That's right. Okay. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Now, do you do you uh, grind your own beans?
0: Yes. Um,
2: Do you have a French press? We do. We have two of them here. Somewhere. Why? A French press... I mean, first of all, the average person. They open up the little sack of coffee grounds, right? They dump some in with the filter, slam down the lid, make sure the water's in, they hit it, and they're done. You're French pressing. You're classy. I give you that. You're a classy dude. But it is a little on the bouge. No, my cousin does this. He's bouge. He's Maybe bougie. your
0: cousin is classy.
2: Your cu- he is classy. I will, but I'm not trying to confuse classy and bouge. But I think classy and bouge kind of go together in the same in the same conversation. If you're classy, then you can be a little bouge. I'm not saying you're full fledged bouge. You're you're right there on the precipice of being a little mm-hmm. bouge. Your truck, your, your truck. Do you keep your truck on the inside? Nice? Yes, of course. Bougie. All right. We'll hop off of this for a moment. We'll, we'll come back to the whole coffee situation, how bougie the butster is. Um, but there's some things that are happening in the world of wrestling that I definitely want to get to. So for those of you who tuned in to Monday Night Raw last night, you saw the very last Monday Night Raw of the McMahon era. That's right. The very last day, the McMahons were my my majority owners in WWE. When Vince woke up this morning, he was no longer the main guy in WWE anymore. That's because the brand new company, TKO Group, actually launched on the New York Stock Exchange. Thomas Lawson is writing in for eWrestling News. The Stock Exchange and the stock group called TKO Holdings started selling their shares today. They opened at $100 per share officially to sell for the company. Now, with an estimated worth of $21.3 billion, obviously combined, TKO assets with UFC and WWE are now one global conglomerate. WWE's final day of trading stock closed at $100.65. As of now, TKO is at $102.00. And twenty five cents. Now, full statement on all this can be found on the TKO Group's holding page. If you're interested in buying stock, obviously it is going to be available on the exchange, and uh, you can be new owners of this big company. Um, they did some photo shoots today, also the Butster on uh, on Wall Street, and so you had obviously the heads of Endeavor. You had Vince McMahon. Triple H was there. Kevin Dunn was there. But it was interesting because they actually picked two superstars to be there and it was Bianca Belair and her husband um, Montez Ford and which a lot of people believe that they're going to be the future of WWE, which I do believe that's that's a big thing. I think Montez definitely has a chance to be a WWE champion without a doubt. And we already know what, what Bianca Belair has done. Her career has already speak, spoke for itself. But when it comes to this, I mean, obviously it's a new company and new opportunities and whatnot, but you gotta think, this is a big deal. For our entire life, all we've known is McMahon family owning and running WWE, and now that is no more. What, what are your thoughts? Did you ever think that why there was blood still pumping in Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon's veins, that he would ever sell the company or do anything to that nature?
0: Not at all. It's the end of an era. It uh, truly is. You gotta think you had uh, Vince Senior on WWF. I don't know how many years ago that was, and then Vince got it and turned into the the, the juggernaut that it is now. You no, know, you can beat up on Vince all you want. People do. People don't like him. He does this. He does that. He's a great businessman. And he's done a lot to grow wrestling. Not just WWE, WWF, whatever. Everybody. You know, it wasn't for Vince. We wouldn't have Impact. We wouldn't have TNA or whatever. AEW. All that stuff would exist, I, I would venture to guess. And I'm fairly confident in saying that. He took from a territorial to what it is. You know, you weren't, you weren't seeing everything on right across Canada or in your states. You know, it was all regional stuff. You know, Mid-South had their little little piece of the pie. Devon Erick's had their little piece of the pie in Texas. You know, Harley Race had his little bit going on over in Kansas City. You know, then you had the Grams down in Florida. They all had their little bit. Vince took it all under one and turned it into what it is. So you can knock on it all you want. Well, maybe he's done some not good things. But he made wrestling way better than it was. That's something that's got to be uh, mentioned and appreciated, I honestly think. Um, but I, I, I would have never thought he would sell the but I just didn't think it would happen. I because that's all we know. We don't know anything else. Our generation doesn't know anything else.
2: No, they don't.
0: This this is it.
2: It's it's McMahon
0: yeah. runs WWE. And that's it. He's had it for what forty years, probably. Yeah, I would roughly. Yep. You know, and now to see Endeavor. Pko, whatever they're called, take it over, it's it's, it's weird.
2: It's, it is weird.
0: I don't know. Look, if you look up Wikipedia right now, it won't say owners visit man or Titan Sports or, right? I, I don't know, it's, it's just unprecedented, it's, it's weird.
2: It's definitely much different than I thought it would be, and I, I think, Budster, this might not have happened had Vince and Vince had gone on record saying that he was given some bad advice to step down amidst amongst the sexual allegations. And when he stepped down and he resigned again, we've talked about this before, you know, he stepped down from the board as well. So he was completely out. And then when he asked to come back after things had calmed down, the board wrote a letter and everyone signed it, who was on the board. And that includes, Nick Khan Stephanie Triple H all these people that he's still to some degree working with right now so you have to think this was Vince was on a revenge tour and Vince was basically going to say and he's even said this stuff before in the past you know no one's going to own my baby you know if I'm going to if I'm going to have this thing killed I'm going to kill it you know and, and obviously he was joking when he said those things but I do believe there's some level of sincerity in there I mean Think about it from this perspective. Your own daughter signed off on a letter that said that it was not in the best interest of the company for you to come back. Paul Levesque signed it. Nick Khan signed it. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just think that things could have been much different. Had Vince not stepped away. If he had taken a sabbatical and everything had calmed down. Um, and he had, you know, eventually come back, which he did. We might not be here, but I think in some ways we're here because of what happened and the fact that Vince did decide to step down. So, I mean, you can look at this eight ways from Sunday. I personally think we wouldn't be here if his family hadn't ousted him. But once again, that's one man's opinion. And I'm sure a lot of wrestling fans out there have their own opinions as well.
0: Yeah, it's... You never really know. I I... Would like to think he didn't sell WWE because he was pissed. You know how petty of a person you would need to be for that?
2: Well, think I about can it.
0: appreciate petty. I can be petty myself. We all can. But for you to sell your own company just out of spite, I don't know.
2: Think about this, though. And I'm not a Vince McMahon defender by any means.
0: Well, we all know up.
2: But I will say, for Nick Khan, Stephanie, and Triple H to sign that letter saying it's not in the company's best interest for you to come back, he started this whole thing. There would be no Triple H. He would be terrorizing in WCW, mm-hmm. and he may never have become anything. Think about it from this perspective. Stephanie, his daughter, was Modeling just superstar t-shirts and sunglasses and hats and stuff like that in the catalog. He made her a corporate executive. Which, would Stephanie been successful in other endeavors outside of WWE? I think she would. She has the pedigree. She has that Northeastern uh, bravado about her. But Vince really did help cultivate who she became as a businesswoman. So when you think about it from that perspective, you would think, man, at least the people in my family would have my back if I decided to come back, and they didn't. So we could call it petty, but I can honestly tell you right now, if I stepped away from my company, and then I decided I wanted to come back, and everybody said no, I'd be pretty pissed. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. I would not be a happy camper.
0: I think anybody would be. It's just human nature. Right. I don't
2: know. Well, there's some interesting things we need to discuss also with this whole concept of Vince and where does Vince, where does he sit now when it comes to at the table? If we're going to be using a, a wrestling phrase here, where does he sit at the table? What is his responsibilities going to be? Um, and Bleacher Report has been all over this. And this is per, obviously, Dave Meltzer, who blocked me. Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio said the following. Vince McMahon has made significant changes to Monday Night Raw throughout the course of Monday, before the show even went on air. Um, So, the way the show has gone, so many things have changed. A lot of stuff that wasn't advertised on the show ended up on the show. These are key signs that Vince is back in control of creative completely. Now, Vince made significant changes. I don't know exactly all of those changes, Meltzer would go on to say, but some of them probably might have been made for the better. Some people may say may have been for the worse. Now, one sign that we did see yesterday on Monday Night Raw was the fact that there was a returning superstar, Nia Jax. She's officially back with the company. Uh, According to Sean Ross Sapp, that she actually has been signed for several months now. And they were just waiting for the right time to bring her back in here. So Meltzer would also go on to say, you know, where does Triple H fit into all of this now? They said currently on the docket, he's still listed as WWE's chief content officer. And he still makes decisions for the shows as well. And that his job is not in in jeopardy. I think we all can agree that's hard to believe. So, right now Vince is doing creative in WWE. They're outwardly telling the public Triple H is still into the face of creative. But you got to think Vince's fingerprints have been on some things recently. Do you think it's just time? Or do you think he's going to live behind this facade of, you know, oh Triple H is the guy. Yeah, you know, and, and he doesn't want to actually be told or or have it be known that he's really pulling the strings. And I guess my other question would be you know, Endeavor made this deal with the understanding that Vince would be in charge of the WWE side of the business. So what are we what are we led to believe here at this point? I mean I don't think his relationship with Triple H is, is that good. It can't be that good at this point. I don't think his relationship with Nick Khan can be all that great right now. Um, It's a very weird time in WWE. But uh, as of right now, he is the head guy once again. But a lot of people are saying that he is not accepting that title. He is deferring that title still to Triple H. What's your take?
0: There's no way he's going to try to do everything himself. He's a smart enough man to know he can't. Those days are long gone. Those days left 25, 30 years ago. Vince can't do it. No one person can run an organization like that. It's huge. It's, it's not possible. We've all heard reports of then sleeping three hours a day and working the other 21 hours, working like a madman, he's 70-plus years old.
2: 78.
0: Yeah, damn near 80 years old. He can't do that. He'll die. Yeah. He just can't do it. I, I would, no, let me rephrase that. I guarantee he's smart enough to understand that. And I guarantee he's smart enough to have people help him. There's no way. Is he maybe still the final say? Sure. I'd be surprised if he's not. Anybody would be. But he's got people helping him. And not just Bruce Prichard either. You know, maybe him and, and Triple H don't have the greatest relationship that they used to have at one time. I don't know. It can't speak to that. But Triple H is a great wrestling mind, and he's a wrestling mind for today's wrestling. Vince isn't so much, and I don't think Bruce is either. Honestly, their day have come and gone. They were great wrestling minds at one point. They just don't have it anymore. Wrestling has changed. The environment has changed. Fans have changed. The world has changed, and I don't think they've exactly kept up. So he'd be a bit of a fool to try to do everything himself. And I I just don't see that being the case. And you also got to look at it from Endeavor. They paid a lot of cash for WWE. Mm -hmm. They're not going to leave Vince in control if it's tanking. They just won't pay him to stay the hell home. They're a big enough organization they can. Listen, this ain't working. Go to hell home. Your check will still be there every Friday. Go away. They will. Because they need this to succeed. Right? They, they have so much money doled out. They can't just see it go tits up. And if Vince tries to run everything himself and go with the old school mentality, that's what's going to happen it's hard to make all these changes the day of the show tweak a show of course no problem with that somebody gets hurt you gotta make some changes absolutely that's understandable but just to start rewriting stuff and that's been said for years vince will just on a whim just rewrite the whole damn show or during the show make changes just because I've never heard a real good reason to why he does it, but he just does sometimes. It's just the way he is, I guess. But Endeavor, are not going to want that. They want the ratings. They want the revenue coming in, and if Vince can't keep that going, whether he's saying he's the face of organization or he's not, or Triple H is, or he's just using Triple H—terrible as it sounds—as a as a puppet. Endeavor will nip that in the butt real fast, I think.
2: Well, I mean, Vince has a boss now. Vince has never had a boss before. Now Vince has a boss. And now, well, I mean, outside of his father. But, you know, when I think about what the situation is right now, yes, do I think WWE is still going to be successful? Absolutely. But, um, do I feel like at some point they will phase the old regime out? Yeah, I do. I really do. And and they don't really have to keep him at all. And I think when they do these things, because there was an article that came out recently about, you know, how Endeavor has their group, UFC has their group, um, you know, and then WWE and and some of these roles are kind of, duplicated you know in both companies so when you bring them together in a company you might have one person who typically runs this department in this company and then they run it in this they might just merge that as well and make it one larger division so could people be expendable yeah absolutely they could be do i think that vince would be fired business would have to be pretty bad for that to happen and I think what they would do before they did that is they would probably go to Vince and they would probably say, Hey, guess what? You know, things aren't going so well. We're going to give you the opportunity to go ahead and step down. We'll do a big retirement thing for you, yada, yada, yada. But we'll, we'll let you save face and, and go out on top. I think that's more likely to be something that would happen. But yeah, they would, no one is safe in the corporate world if business is not going well. And they shouldn't be because at the end of the day, it's not about the people, it's about the business itself, about continuing and continuing and making money. So I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be real interesting.
0: You're going to have a lot of crossover fans because a lot of people like WWE, like UFC, and vice versa. You know, it's some people that are going to be UFC fans and think WWE is just fooey because it's fake. It's not real. It's right. not a real sport. It's all predetermined. It's all fake and stunts. And, you know, they think the ring is basically a trampoline. Right. You're going to get that, too. So you're going to get a lot of that where they're, they're both going to benefit from that in the grand scheme of things. Because you know they're going to cross-promote to a certain extent. So There's going to be, you know, you'll be watching the UFC pay-per-view Saturday night. And there might be a commercial For whatever WWE... Try it again. WWE's next event is or something like that. I would expect that. They're going to do that. They'd be fools not to. Right. But you're not going to be able to have... Like the big matchmaker in UFC... uh, I don't know if he's still around. Sean Shelby was his name. He's not going to take over for Khan. Because they're... Yeah, they're along the same lines, but... They're not at the same time, you know what I mean? I UFC do. doesn't build stories. No. WWE builds stories.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: UFC just wants to put two people in there to beat the terror of one another and get some ratings. And which is a mm-hmm. okay. But your merchandise people, I could see, you know, if you've got 20 people, nip it on the 15, put them all in together shave a couple bucks off there. Your marketing, because you're going to market a lot to the same demographic. You know, so you could maybe, you know, thin out a couple people there. So, I mean, I would be surprised if there's not cuts of some sort. I don't think there'd be a complete overhaul, though.
2: No, I think you're right. I don't think it's going to be drastic, at least on the beginning. I think you will see some changes as the company becomes more settled into its its position. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens and, and who stays and who goes. And most of that stuff is going to be behind the scenes, corporate people and whatnot, people who have the jobs that are um, in office work, not necessarily the the talent in WWE. Now, if it turns into a situation where, Cost cuts need to be made. Yes, absolutely. The talent is going to be the first people to go. So it'll be it'll be interesting to find out. You know if what Endeavor's media plan is like. What do they plan on doing, or how do they handle different situations um, when it comes to cost cutting, savings, and whatnot? So it'll be interesting. Like I said before, uh, I'm not really sure exactly what's going to be happening, but um, one thing we do know. That will be changing is wwe's relationship with fox now this is provided by SES scoops the future of wwe smackdown on the fox network does appear to be uncertain recent reports have come out that fox is not really keen on renewing the friday night smackdown show pause you're probably saying to yourself wait a minute smackdown does great ratings on friday nights and friday nights is not typically a night that you would assume television would be doing really well People get off the week, you know, Friday night. They want to go out. They want to do stuff. However, WWE and Fox have had a great relationship as far as the ratings are concerned. But there's a little problem. WWE has been getting X amount of dollars from Fox. And I want to say currently they receive $205 million per year for the TV deal to be able to carry WWE programming. So yes, Fox pays WWE $205 million a year for the rights to have SmackDown Air. Well, recently it has been determined that WWE reached out to Fox because they were looking to potentially renegotiate the TV deal. And now WWE says, well, we've we've reevaluated our our plan. We, we've reevaluated the things that we offer and we bring to the table. And they're wanting $310 million per year from Fox. So they went from $205 to $310. That is a hell of a jump, to say the least. 50%. Yeah. Fox is not necessarily very happy about this. They feel like if they had a good relationship, that they should be given some type of maybe hometown discount in some regards. Now, I will also say this, not saying this is some type of retaliation. But Fox actually canceled their out-of-character podcast, um, which is associated with WWE on SmackDown. And it was originally going to be a part of their lineup coming up, but they canceled it now. So now it's the big speculation of what's going to happen. WWE valued themselves at $310 million as far as the $205 million. Fox doesn't feel like even though the ratings are good at about 2.5 million, sometimes even close to 3 million per week on Friday nights, that it doesn't justify a 50% increase in what they would get. So very much so they could end up parting ways with Fox. Now this kind of brings up a bigger situation. Where would WWE programming eventually land? Well, there's a couple of uh, interesting stories that have popped up as far as where they could be they could actually end up on a streaming service as well. Uh, Disney is not completely rolled out so far, and there's some other names that are being thrown out there as well. However, it is now falling on the shoulders of Endeavor. See, the negotiation started when WWE was a standalone company, but now that it's merged and it's now under the umbrella of Endeavor and TKO, now they're the ones that are going to be picking up the negotiations from there. And I'm sure that they would not necessarily be thrilled to be... uh, to be getting that type of a situation from Fox if they're not willing to do business with them. So let's say WWE is no longer a part of Fox. They're going to have to find out where they're going to go. Streaming service seems to be their best option right now. Now, we do have information here that WWE Raw and NXT are expected to renew their contracts with USA, which is considered NBC Universal. Could that be the new home for SmackDown? I mean, they got a great relationship with NBC Universal. Could they just go ahead and move everything over there, or do they feel like SmackDown is such a hot commodity that they could find someone else that would be willing to pay them the three hundred million plus a year to house their programming? Regardless, this is no longer a Vince thing. This is one hundred percent a uh, an endeavor thing. So, do you think WWE? I mean, Vince is a pretty bold guy, a very bold guy. We didn't think he was gonna get what he got for WWE. I mean, a lot of people said he was overestimating the value of WWE. A lot of people said he would not get six million or I'm sorry six billion. There's no way. He ended up getting nine billion. So at the end of the day, what happens in your opinion, Butster? Do you think they all go under NBC Universal? Do you think that Fox, as much as they scoffed at it, would just you know swallow it and go ahead and go along with it? Or do you think Endeavor may have to go ahead and start reaching out to these streaming services to find a better deal for WWE SmackDown?
0: I would think WWE doesn't want to go to Universal, USA, whatever it's called. Due to the simple fact, if you're on two different networks, you're creating competition for your own product. So, you know, you might be able to squeeze out an extra 20 mil, 30 mil, something like that. If you're all in with one company, you lose a little bit of control.
2: You lose leverage.
0: Unless Universal comes at them with an amazing deal, which could happen where everybody's happy. But I would think they'd be further ahead to keep you know SmackDown somewhere other than with Universal just to create that little little more competition, get a little more money out of it. Because I would assume if they were to go to bring it all to Universal there, Universal is going to want a little bit of love. Or as you put it, a hometown discount. Necklace, we have all of your programming. Take 10 points off the top. Let's, you know, and which it would be a reasonable request. But I why would WWE do that? If they can go somewhere else, the, the 310 seems to be a little ridiculous. You were just getting 205.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now the ratings are a hell of a lot better now than what they were before. When they signed that deal for 205. Right. 310's a lot of money, Mike. It's a lot of money. Like that's 50 points. That's that's a lot to swallow. It is. So, I mean, I don't know. If you come in kind of somewhere in the middle, come in at 255, 260, 265, that's still oodles and oodles of cash.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, People like me and you can't fathom that kind of money.
2: No, absolutely not.
0: We, we don't know what that is. It's just, it's just nonsense. Right? It's just a number written down on a piece of paper. We can't understand that kind of money. But you got, if you're getting 260, that's $260 million a year, it's a lot.
2: Just so just you saying the I mean, word think it. Is crazy.
0: Like it's 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 a lot of money. It's five mil a week, roughly. Like what do so so Universal, whoever it is, they're paying that kind of money. What's it for? Is it so? Is it just so they can air WWE programming? is that? Is that the gist of it? Uh, That part I don't quite understand how that whole thing works.
2: Yeah, so what they do basically is the reason why these different networks will bid on programming to house on there is because let's say I have a hit TV show or there is a hit TV show that's out there and I'm a network. I would want to bid to get that show on my network. And the reason why is because that audience brings in a huge number of people. So once they come and they start watching this, then that means they'll start watching other program and they'll probably watch the advertisements that we have on our channel on our network as well. That brings in a second revenue stream. So it's one of those things where I think it definitely can benefit the network as long as the network is big enough to swallow that type of a price tag. I mean, that's huge. because um, I can tell you right now, five million a week. Is a lot of money, and I know some people would say, you know, well, what do you need five million a week for? And, and some people say, well, uh, production, production for a live TV show can run about a million dollars a week. So, um, I
0: don't. Know. It's it's a lot. It's a big raise. How long ago did they sign their contract for two hundred five a year? Do you know?
2: Um, I want to say in twenty twenty one. So now not like they
0: signed us 10 years ago, you know, inflation, cost of living, so on and so forth.
2: Everything's gone up.
0: It, it's only been two years. Sure. Like, yeah, things have gone up. Ain't gone up that much.
2: Well, I mean, once again, this is the way that they market themselves. I mean, you know, Vince thinks very highly of of his brand and his product. And once again, a lot of this stuff is all driven on speculation right? Because if you try to get two different networks that are interested in your product, you can get them competing. You only need two people to, to bid each other up until you get into a situation where you're in the stratosphere at that point, right? Yep. So, I guess if you're WWE, what you're hoping to do is you're hoping to find somebody that's willing to meet that price point and to say, yep, we do want your content and this is what we're willing to pay you. So That's the route I'd want to go. I wouldn't want to bring everything
0: to Universal. I want to keep it separate. Create that little bit of a bidding war-like contest. Make yourself a couple extra dollars. That's just...
2: When, it, when you also have to think about from this this vantage point is that you said it earlier. Why would you want to have all your eggs in one basket? Because if you have all your eggs in one basket, then you really don't have leverage because you could, you could basically say, you know, well, you know, you're only paying us X amount of dollars. Smackdown is making double the ratings that raw is making. So technically we could charge you more as well. And, and it, it basically, it opens up that ability to say, Hey, look, brand a is just charging this much brand B is charging this much. If we wanted to bring it over to you, you'd have to substantially raise what you're paying us to compensate for that because raw is the flagship i don't care what anybody says raw is the flagship show and i think that because remember raw was around in 1990 late 92 early 93 smackdown just came around i want to say when was that was that 90 oh man five no 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 no. smackdown i want to say smackdown was more something like Oh, shit. If I said 97, I might I might be wrong by that. Look that up really quickly. When was my... I'm
0: working on it.
2: Um, now, in addition to that, WWE also has some other things they need to consider as well. Their Peacock deal. Um. So they're trying to determine, is this relationship still worth being in when it comes to Peacock? For the simple fact that not a lot of people have been subscribing to peacock and it used to be people were subscribing to the wwe network and you'd be sending your money directly to wwe well wwe got a great deal with streaming peacock to go ahead and put their library on there well things have slowed down for peacock and they're wondering if peacock to be able to continue to afford WWE programming and content and when their deal is up and they renegotiate, would Peacock be able to afford that as well? So it's, it's very interesting to know the licensing and all of that kind of stuff that goes into it. So,
0: so SmackDown started in
2: 99,
0: 99. Yeah. And one of your issues with the network well, Peacock, do you guys never up here? It's the shits these days.
2: Well, we don't have the network anymore, so the network doesn't exist in the in the U.S. It it ended up getting sold off to um, NBC Universal, so it's now part of the NBC app. And so, if you have that, then you clearly have uh, access to all of that. Um,
0: WWE app is terrible. Yeah, the network app, it's it's so bad. Like, I would try to watch it on my Fire Stick. I have, you know, I have my login and all that stuff. I can't watch it on full screen. It's not an option if you're watching on Fire Stick. Well, what the hell? I know. But if you go into... Now, that's if you log in through, like, Google or something like that. If you just go to the WWE app, most of the stuff's not there. You can't find it. It's, it's just a steaming pile of shit.
2: That doesn't, that doesn't sound very promising.
0: No, and it's not cheap.
2: No, it's not cheap. No, it's for WWE. what I'm
0: paying, I should be able to watch anything. WWE program. Put it on, see, and there it is. No, you can't.
2: See, we have the ability on Peacock. We can watch Raw, SmackDown, NXT, um, all the pay-per-views that have ever existed. We have the library of the WCW. ECW, all the other territories that were purchased as well. Um, So let me me first start off this conversation, and I know a lot of people are not into the business side of these things, so I'll wrap this up and then we'll move on to other stuff. But Peacock announced a multi-year deal with WWE to make it the exclusive home of the WWE Network. NBC Universal won't reveal the exact length of the contract, but many people believe it was a five-year contract. Now it was valued at more than $1 billion dollars for the five-year deal Um, unfortunately WWE and Peacock right now right now it doesn't seem like Peacock's doing the kind of business it used to do so when it comes to something like this what happens because Peacock is not really in the best shape right now so as business changes the platform changes and Maybe they're going to have to find a new home for the network. Bring the network back. I don't know what they would do, but it's seventeen thousand hours plus of content. So there you go. WWE, or not even WWE, but uh, this new TKO company has a lot of things to figure out. What they're going to do? What are they going to do? I
0: have to wait and see. It'll be interesting.
2: We will. Um, I just want to add this one last thing here really quickly. I know this this segment's been going on for a while, but this one actually just came through. This is from from Variety. Um, The highly lucrative media rights deal with both organizations, WWE linear deals with NBC, Universal, and Fox are both set to expire in 2024, while UFC's deal with ESPN, which includes streaming services, Will eventually expire in 2025. Now WWE streaming deal with Peacock is said to be believed to be as long as 2026. Now the new company TKO has promised investors that it will see significant gains the next round. WWE starts deal making thanks to the increased muscle from the collaborative parts coming together. Um let me see. What else did this say? Anything else worth noteworthy? No. So originally 2024 with the option of, it, uh, of it continuing it in up to 2026. But unfortunately, after that, if they're asking huge things like they were asking of Fox, Peacock might not even go along with that. So Peacock, you know, scoffs at that. Fox scoffs at that. I don't know where they're going to go. I, I really don't. I mean, I mean, do you, do you go with Amazon? Do you go to Hulu? I mean, I'm sure you could do those things. But now that you're one conglomerate and UFC's deal with ESPN and their streaming is going to be coming up to an end at some point. It's set to expire, let's see, 2025. Normally a year out, they start negotiating to make sure the deal goes through. So I don't know.
0: If they go to Hulu we're going to have to come up with something for Canada. We don't have Hulu up here.
2: Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. So I always feel like outside of the United States that a lot of other countries don't seem to get the same love that the United States gets. Nope. Interesting. Well, speaking of love, some people get the love. Some people don't so much get the love. Now, Nick Khan, as we were speaking about when it comes to WWE, has been making his rounds to all the media stops, obviously touting the big deal between UFC and WWE and the new company that's created called TKO. Well, CM Punk has come up in many conversations, many conversations, obviously due to everything that's happened in the last year plus his time in AEW. Well, following his departure, there was a lot of speculation about whether or not those in WWE or TKO would be interested in bringing Punk back. Now, keep in mind, Punk competed in UFC. Obviously, Punk also competed in WWE. During a conversation with Mark Rinaldi uh, regarding the WWE-UFC merger, President Nick Khan had this to say about CM Punk. He says, and I quote, Listen, we have all the respect for Phil. We appreciate his run here. We appreciate what he did and tried to do in the UFC. Not many people can actually say they got in there and did that. Again, we have nothing but respect for Phil. We wish him nothing but the best. Now that could be a blanket statement, just, you know, smoke and mirrors, right? Because obviously we know you could probably bring Punk in and it would really pop the crowd. and It would would probably do big ratings. It would. The question is, with everything that's happened with Punk. Now granted, WWE is a different animal. And they handle things differently. And I think they have a better structure of checks and balances. I think we'd both agree on that, right? 100%. They manage things better. They manage personalities better. You don't hear shit leaking from WWE because if you do, you're going to catch hell, which, I mean, that makes sense, right? Don't don't talk about your company disparagingly, especially when they're signing a check for you every two weeks or whatever it is. That's the way it should be? It, and I agree with that completely. hundred And that's why I got blocked by Meltzer. I, and I know I don't know if you and I talked about this, but the one thing I said in a tweet was that wouldn't the world or wouldn't wrestling, and I'm paraphrasing it. wouldn't things be better if those who work for companies did not go ahead and stooge off information to the dirt sheet writers to write this stuff, to build up all this hype and hyperbole and all of this other rhetoric and people could just enjoy the wrestling itself. (laughs) And instead of retorting to that, instead of saying something back to me, I just simply get blocked. Now there are people who have motherfucked Dave Meltzer said, Horrible things about Dave Meltzer. Cursed, yelled, this, that, screamed. Obviously all in capital letters. But my point though is I get blocked for something like that. Something that I thought was very eloquently said. Butster, you have to agree. In the real world, and I even tweeted this, wrestling's not the real world. No. Working in wrestling is not working in the real world. It does not even compare. You work in the corporate world. I work in the educational world. At the end of the day, if I did certain things like that, let's just say hypothetically, I said I was sitting at a table in front of parents, board members, me, and my principal. And I went off on this tangent about my coworkers, the fellow teachers, uh, EVPs, fill that in with school board members. All of this stuff. I would be gone Before my ass lifted out of the chair. Yep. You, if you went off like that on these people in a corporate meeting or whatever, it would be curtains. Yep. In a heartbeat. But wrestling, folks, isn't the real world. It just isn't. Crazy shit happens in wrestling. And I get locker rooms, right? I get the whole locker room. It's sports, whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's a highly competitive combat thing i mean let's think about this for an example outside of some wrestlers that actually have had prior careers before coming into wrestling i really would like to know what some of these people would be doing jail i I was just about to say what else would you be doing what else would a guy who's six foot eight three fifty what else is he gonna do I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Now there's other people. I mean, Abyss, for example. A lot of people don't know this. Abyss uh, got his master's degree, and I think it was like in marketing and whatnot. And he worked for the Cincinnati Cyclones. I don't know if a lot of people know that. He uh, worked for them in Cincinnati. He was a a bigwig before he was doing wrestling. Before wrestling paid him enough to where he quit his day job. And there are some people. Adam Hangman Page was a high school was a high school school teacher. There's some other people who did things. Wasn't Joe an accountant
0: or something, Samoa Joe? It's a good question. We're That's a really not. good
2: question. But the, the point is though, it's not real life. The things that happen could never happen in other jobs. Before people say, boy, you really sound like you hate wrestling. Why are you doing this? I, I'm just saying it's reality. If you take anything that Punk had done and put that into the real world, you would not survive. It's just, it's a fact. And not only would you not survive, but think about it from this perspective, Buster, everybody in the industry would probably not want to deal with you either. Mm -hmm. Your name would would get around quick. But only wrestling. Do they not really care what your behavior is? Because if you can pop a rating or sell merch, no matter what you seemingly do outside of breaking the law, mind you, I'm not talking about that, um, but just being just a just a petulant you know type of person, you're still gonna find work because people are gonna say, well, you know what I like that guy. He sells tickets. No matter if he says these things or he does these things, he sells ticket And how many times have we heard wrestling fans butster say nah, he's the only guy who draws ratings. He acts like a dick. However because he draws ratings, You're willing to accept said behavior because it actually makes the company money, even though it makes those who run the company look inferior.
0: You will accept it to a certain extent. To a certain degree. If the numbers are good enough, a company will put up with your bullshit. To
2: To some degree. But you you can't go after the the head guy. No,
0: you can't do that.
2: No. No.
0: You're, You're on borrowed time if you start that
2: absolutely
0: and joe was a mortgage broker not an account, a mortgage
2: broker there's a lot i mean i don't want to say that there's what would they be doing but there's a lot of i don't know what they would be doing because a lot of these guys were were ex-football players and whatnot
0: well they'd be like personal trainers bouncers bodyguards right
2: that's it's what their like profession that. would be
0: that's what I not mean, just anything wrong with that
2: No, but it's just, you just kind of shake your head and you go, what would these people be doing if they weren't throwing other people around? Um, The Punk thing, I don't think he'll go back to WWE. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think if that door officially gets shut, you're not going to see him go to the independents. There's a potential he could go to Impact. But again, as we talked about last week, that really depends on what his price point is. Because, and I love what Jay bone said, but he was saying how Impact is really basically just a very, very high level, uh, didn't he say a very successful like indie promotion, like a top of the ranks indie promotion? Pretty much. And 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 I'm agreeing with that. I mean, I was looking at some of the ways they, they set up 600 people, 500 people, you know, for their attendance. Um, we're going to get to some AEW attendance figures, which are probably going to bother you as well if you're an AEW fan, but... We'll get to that in a minute But what else would these people be doing And I think at the end of the day um, I think this was Punk's last stand
0: Well So he's
2: burned his bridge
0: with AEW Things didn't end well With WWE To put it mildly Yeah like you said He could go to impact It is possible Is it realistic? No. Uh, Ring of Honor is AEW, so that's not an option. Uh, Is it going to go to MLW, NWA? No. Those guys can't afford them. No. Is it going to go to AAA down in Mexico? Maybe, but I would strongly doubt it. Japan? I don't know he can work a bit of a strong style. You no, know, he he was a UFC fighter so they'll appreciate that a little bit. I don't know if he would necessarily fit in in a locker room over there. Punk's biggest issue is punk. Yeah. It's not talent. The guy's got talent. You no, know, he sells merchandise. People love to watch him. His biggest issue is himself. He's he's a bit of a dick. He just doesn't seem to be able to get along. And it's unfortunate. We've beat up on Punk on this show umpteen times. But at the end of the day, it is unfortunate. He's a great talent that we're going to miss.
2: Because he just doesn't play well with others. Okay, let me ask you this question. And I've talked about this before. Let's say none of this stuff happened. How long do you think Punk's run in AEW would be? We have a couple more years left in him. See, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, the man's 45, right? He's injury prone. Are you going to want to, as the general manager of a company, tie up money like that in someone like Punk? Or would you rather allocate that money to pay some of the guys that you really want to keep that are going to be long term for the company? Right, So it, it's just like the Aaron Rodgers situation with the Jets. Yeah, worked I'm only so going well. to mention this once, and then we're going to move on. Um, you went all in on Aaron Rodgers to come in because you have a team that's ready to win now. At most, it would have been two years. Now we don't even know if he's going to retire at this point. But the point is, though... He's an older guy. Don't Wrestling is not a business for old people. You're going to have your nostalgia moments, but you're not going to invest a lot of your money. So if I was Tony Khan, I probably would. So Tony Khan likes to do anywhere from three to five-year deals. I would assume Punk was on a three-year deal. I probably wouldn't have renewed it after that. I wouldn't have I wouldn't he is not going to be somebody that after he retires I would be like, "Hey, would you like to be a coach?" No. No way. No. Way. no. I I just I don't see like at the end of the day Punk was going to be gone at some point. He was not part of the long-term plan of the company. So, what's wrong with ripping the band-aid off now as opposed to before?
0: Well, he was bringing in a bunch of money.
2: He was bringing in money, right? But then look at it from the standpoint of Let's say Moxley decides not to re sign. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Young Bucks, who, I mean, we heard about that story. The Young Bucks were, it was the Young Bucks, it was Kenny, and it was Hangman. And they all took a vote because there was interest in them in WWE. And they took a vote and they decided they were going to stay with AEW. Let's say those guys were like, you know what? Screw this. I'm done with this. I'm done with the way this has been handled. I'm leaving. Now you're keeping somebody who pushes merch and does some okay ratings. I'm not going to disparage him on that, but I'm losing that guy because he doesn't like the way this is happening. And this guy is choosing not to renew because he's not really thrilled about this. And this guy's not really thrilled about this. And you can easily say, well, you know what? Goodbye, right? You don't want to be here. You don't have to be here. But I also don't want to lose a lot of good employees because they don't like one guy who's here. So instead of losing potentially four people, if I lose one guy, I would much rather have those type of statistics.
0: Possibly, but there's also the rumor, one of the biggest reasons FTR resigned is because Punk was there.
2: Uh, Okay. So would
0: you have lost those guys if Punk wasn't
1: there?
2: Does not bother me one. Shred. Wow. Not one shred. I'm no. done. I'm done with their bootlicking. I'm done with the fact that they basically just... And, and I mean this metaphorically, but I mean, they they, they they blow the guy practically. I mean, every single time. They're throwing up the X, sir. It's CMFT. Or like, okay, I get it. You like the guy. Enough of kissing his ass. I know you like Bret Hart, but you don't need to, like... Show it every single damn time you come out. We get it. Um, I don't know. FTR, I think, is a solid tag team. I don't necessarily know if they're the type of tag team that the current wrestling fans want to watch. They do headlocks and drop-down take-hold. Because it's
0: not a spot fest.
2: Not necessarily a spot fest, but it's it's a very slow tempoed match. Uh-huh. It just is. I mean, you know, a lot of people are saying with well, they're the the Tully and uh, Arn Anderson. They are. Yeah, they're technical. They're good, but I mean, not everybody wants to see somebody hold them in a chin lock for forty five seconds to a two minutes. People want to see a little bit more action going on in the ring, and I think it doesn't need to be a spot fest, but. But for the love of God, I mean, you got to pick up the tempo somehow. And why do you think FTR has great matches? FTR has great matches because they have great opponents. The Young Bucks, great opponents for them. Um, If you watched the match, and I thought it was a tremendous match, with um, Switchblade Jay White and Rock Hard Juice Robinson, that was a really good match. Why? Because Juice and Jay... We're willing to speed up the tempo a little bit. They're willing to m- make it a little bit quicker. Um, they had a great match with uh, the Acclaimed. Had a great match with the Acclaimed. Again, the Acclaimed moved around a little faster. They, they made things a little bit more up-tempo, a little bit more quicker. I'm just saying they're good, but I really do think that they are accentuated because of the people they work with, not necessarily just them themselves.
0: I think that's everybody, though,
2: Mike. The Young Bucks seem to have good matches with anybody. I mean, they really do. I don't think anybody has had a bad Young Bucks match. Um, I think the Acclaimed has great matches just about with anybody. Look what they did with Swerve and Keith Lee. And, I mean, Swerve is a, is amazing. Is amazing. That man needs to stay signed for quite some time. But, yeah, I think everybody got a little excited about the old school way. You know, I'm going to put a headlock on them and this and that. And that's cool and all. But you got to keep in mind the base that watches AEW, watch Ring of Honor, watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. They don't do a whole lot of that stuff, right? I'm not saying everything has to be, you know, uh, a tope. I'm not saying that. Everything has to be a poison rana. I'm not saying that. But normally, when you look at New Japan, you look at Ring of Honor, it was guys that were maybe six foot, maybe a little higher than six foot, probably somewhere between 180 and 205, and they could go, and it was really fun to watch that. That's my take on that. I just think wrestling, in a lot of ways, has evolved to the more up-paced Style of matches.
0: Yeah, I enjoy FTR stuff. I think it's fantastic.
2: Who would you say, in your opinion, FTR has had the best matches with? Briscos. Okay. Even the Briscos were doing a lot more up-tempo, fast stuff. They were.
0: Yeah, but they're but FTR. They're not the up-tempo, flippy-dippy team. No, Just no, they're their not. Style.
2: Correct. I agree with that. It is it. What I will say is they don't do a lot of the acrobatic stuff. It just seems like they're slow matches. They're slow. And at least for my taste, I'm not really willing to sit through two segments of a match. I would like a match to be about 10, 12 minutes tops. That's about it for a long match. My opinion. It's interesting. It's interesting. I love getting into the different discussions that we have about what we like and what we you know, can do without. Um, you have something that you could do without. It seems like you have something that's gotten up your crawl. What exactly is on the mind of Christopher Butt right now? This is
0: not wrestling related at all.
2: Oh, so, this is not wrestling related.
0: No. So this is a Grinds My Dears.
2: Okay. Tell me what's upsetting so, you.
0: Sunday. Lynn and myself, and three other couples, we decided we were going to go have a bite to
2: eat. Got it. So
0: we went in. This is a restaurant that we're regulars at. Me and my buddies go there every other week. Uh, it's not uncommon for one or two of us to be there every week at this restaurant. You know the managers, you know most of the servers, you know the bartenders, all that stuff. So we go in, eight of us are sitting down, we order our drinks, have our meal. All that good stuff. Manager comes over, he's talking to us for a bit. Our, our usual waitress comes over, she's talking to us. We get our bill. Service was good. Nothing great, but it was good. Our Lynn and I, our bill came to a little over $200. So I tipped 25%. Service was good. My buddies, everybody else who paid their bill 25%. The waitress came over after and looked at one of my buddies, not to me. Oh, I guess you guys weren't that happy. This is not a very good tip in my opinion. You guys to be kidding me. The bill was between all of us was north of $900. She got tipped 25% on top of that. That's pretty good considering we were there an hour and a half.
2: Holy crap.
0: We were irked. So, the manager seen that we were pissed. He didn't cause a scene, didn't yell or nothing. We were pissy, though. He came over and asked, What's going on? It's not like you guys to look foul like this. So, we just said, Man, we come here all the time. You no, know, our orders, our dinners are usually not cheap. We always tip well, 25% minimum. And she comes over and says something like that. And she's never been our server before. We're kind of pissy about that. Like, that's that's not cool. So we just got up and left in a a bit of a huff. So then we ended up, because he knows us, so he ended up calling all of us and apologizing and stuff like that. But this whole tipping thing is getting out of hand. I agree. Because once again, I was at, went to, Starbucks Sunday morning. Got my coffee. And you have a tip option at the drive thru.
2: That's stupid.
0: This is starting to get a little ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sorry. I don't mean to be a dick. I'm not tipping you to make me my coffee. Nobody tips me at work. Do you ever get tips at work, Mike?
2: No. Hey, thank not you at thanks,
0: all. Mr. Freeland. No, no, forensics today was fantastic. Here's $10. It's just not how it works. You no, know, and if you get a twenty-five percent tip, a lot of servers should be pretty happy with that.
2: I would, I would agree.
0: Right? That just—I was very bitter about that. That's a pretty good hourly wage if you figure it out. It's incredible. I take that wage.
2: Well, well, first of all, think about it from this perspective, and I know a lot of people are going to be pissy about this when I say it. If you don't like that profession and you are not okay with that's how you make your money, then find another profession. Because I don't understand where this self-entitlement has come in. And I I get it. People say, well, well, you don't understand. You know, Servers, they only make a base salary of, I don't know, somebody once told me $2.50 an hour. And sometimes all their tips get thrown into a big jar and they all have to split at the end of the night. And then what I say is, well, guess what? McDonald's is hiring as well for fifteen bucks an hour. So if you're not happy with your job, then find a different one. But mm-hmm. don't bitch and moan and capitulate because you're not happy with a tip. Which is, trust me, I don't think Megan and I have ever spent two hundred dollars on a meal. I spent eighty dollars on a meal once, and I literally almost lost my shit. Yeah. But I, but dude, I would be very upset that he. When he called you guys to apologize, did he offer anything? Did he say that he was going to talk to this person or what?
0: I said he was going to talk to her. He said, no, and when, next time we come in, he's going to look after us. We're not looking for handouts. We're not handout people.
2: Right? It's
0: not my style. But that just really pisses me off when, you know, I tipped you over $50. You brought me a pitcher of beer. You brought Linda a pitcher of sangria. You brought her appetizers. You brought her a main course, and you brought us coffee.
2: Like, okay, you did I, very I, little for fifty bucks. I
0: mean, I'm not trying to be a prick about
2: this. Here. I'll be a prick, but it's like it's not on, much work for a lot of money.
0: You know, considering the bill between the four couples, because we were all talking about it, it was like nine hundred bucks. So 25% to $905. for an hour and a half. Ain't a bad deal, man. I can deal with that. Right? I don't make that kind of money. So it just chapped my ass. All. I was very foul about that on, on Sunday. It's just like...
2: The insincerity. thing
0: is getting to be too much. I've seen that everywhere you go, it's a tip. If like you go pick up you know mixing would be we're picking up mcdonald's and you're gonna be looking for a tip or some damn thing like i don't i don't like it i have no problem tipping i always tip and i think i always tip fairly well but don't give me the bullshit. you know that's not enough of a tip you, you gotta be shitting me i think that's well over average
2: no, well, I think it is too. I mean, not to mention it's a table with a huge ass bill. This girl is, is gonna be making some bank here. Now, on the flip side, I know that there's some waitresses who have been you know, they tit they, they have a large table they're they're servicing and they don't leave very much. I get that, the frustration there. But this ain't the situation and I think to conduct yourself like that, she's hurting the company. Because let's just say you guys weren't as nice as you are. You guys may have just said, Well, that was our okay. last time there. Uh-huh. That that could have that could have realistically happened. Yeah, I and mean, you gotta we're there every other Wednesday. Wow. Four of us are.
0: You know, it's not uncommon for Linda and I go to this restaurant. I know my buddies near wives go to this restaurant. It could just be a random Friday. Some of us are off. Hey, let's go get lunch. We go to this restaurant. Think about it. On a $9 bill, 25% is $225. Yep. Mike, how much you make an hour? I don't, I don't make 225
2: I don't know. Absolutely not. I wish I did. That's fantastic. But- oh, my God. I wish I made 225 in a day. Um <laughs> let me'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna play this clip for you. I want you guys all to hear this and and this is the first time whenever I hear people talking about tipping, um, there's a scene from Reservoir Dogs, which is fantastic. Um, Mr. Pink doesn't want to tip. I'm gonna play this for you just because I think this is this is fantastic. Hold on one second. give me one minute here. Uh, let's see here. Let me see if this works here. Oh, I'm glad I didn't do it yet because it's a stupid-ass commercial. I would have had to edit that out in the end. That's what happens to me. I do this show, and then i got to edit everything out at the end. All right, here we go. Because I don't have a producer, because I'm not professional. All right, Buster, tell me if you can hear this by giving me a head nod. I'll
1: take care of the chick. You guys can get the tip. Should be about a buck a piece. And you, when I come back, I want my book. Sorry, it's my book now. Hey, I changed my mind. Shoot this piece of shit, with you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody cough up some green. For
3: lady.
1: Come on, throw in a book. uh uh-huh, I don't tip. You don't tip? No, I don't believe in it. You don't believe in tipping? You know what these chicks make? They make shit. Don't give me that. She don't make enough money, she can quit. <laughs> I don't even know a fucking Jew would have the ball to say that. Uh, let me just get this straight. You don't a tip, huh? I don't tip because society says I have to. All right, I mean, I'll tip if somebody really deserves a tip. If they really put forth the effort, I'll give them something extra. But I mean, it's tipping automatically. Uh, it's for the birds. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they're just doing their job. Hey, this girl was nice. She was okay. She wasn't anything special. What's special? Take you in the back and suck your dick. <laughs> I'd go over 12% for that. Look, I ordered coffee, right? Now, we've been here a long fucking time. She's only filled my cup three times. I mean, when I order coffee, I want it filled six times. Six times? Well, in the word, she's too fucking busy. Worse, too fucking busy shouldn't be in a waitress's vocabulary.
0: Excuse me, Mr. Pink. The last fucking thing you need is another cup of coffee.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, these ladies aren't starving to death. They make minimum wage. You know, I used to work minimum wage, and when I did, I wasn't lucky enough to have a job the society deemed tip-worthy. You don't care they're counting on your tips to live? You know what this is? It's the world's smallest violin playing just for the waitresses. You don't have any idea what you're talking about. These people bust their ass. This is a hard job. So I was working at McDonald's, but you don't feel the need to tip them, do you? Why not? They're serving you food. But no, society says, don't tip these guys over here, but tip these guys over here. That's bullshit. we singer is the number one occupation for female non-college graduates in this country. It's the one job basically any woman can get and make a living on. The reason is because of their tips. Fuck all that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm very sorry the government taxes their tips. That's fucked up. That ain't my fault. I mean, it would appear that waitresses are one of the many groups the government fucks in the ass on a regular basis. I mean, if you show me a piece of paper that says the government shouldn't do that, I'll sign it. Put it to a vote, I'll vote for it. But what I won't do is play ball. And it's not college bullshit you're giving me. I got two words for that. Learn to fucking type. Because if you're expecting me to help out with the rent, you're in for a big fucking surprise.
0: Just convince me. Give me my dollar back. Hey. Leave the dollars there.
1: All right, ramblers. Let's get rambling. Wait a minute. Who did throw in? Mr. Pink. Mr. Pink? Why not? You don't tip. You don't tip? What do you mean you don't tip? You don't believe in it. Shut up. What do you mean you
3: don't believe in it? Come on, you, cough up a bucket, cheap bastard. I pay for your goddamn
1: breakfast. All right, since you pay for the breakfast, I'll put in. But normally, I would never do this. Never mind what you normally would do.
3: Just coughing your
2: goddamn fuck like everybody else. Thank you. That's a clip from uh, from Reservoir Dogs. I love that movie. Um, obviously, that's dated. I want to say that movie is probably like 1995, I want to say. Um, but I do have an article here to kind of... Gosh, you got me all fired up here. So this is from NPR. Sean Jung A professor at Boston University's School of Hospitality Administration admitted he realizes that tipping and fundamentally being charged for something such as maybe takeout food or a burrito is difficult and sometimes frustrating for people to pay. But he did say it's not necessarily wrong for them to want to tip. He would go on to say the following, you know, I'm looking at this and I'm literally processing this. This is a 20% tip for a burrito that I'm getting in a walkthrough drive or in a walkthrough. I remember thinking, maybe this is a little weird. You never expect to tip anyone like this. So he poses the question, why has tipping got so extreme in the last few years? And why is it 20%? Who determined what that 20% was? Now, according to this article from NPR, They're basically saying, and the following, and and I'm sure some of you guys listening to this are probably going to roll your eyes as much as I am. It goes back to the pandemic, one professor says at John Hopkins School of Business. He says, during the pandemic, we started tipping people. We didn't used to tip people, but we started tipping more because, well, they were people that were helping us, especially in a crisis. Number two, technology. At the same time, the professor says technology all around us and how we pay is changing things, especially with the post-pandemic era. Everything now is to order quickly and easily from our phones and from our computers. And the convenience of doing that obviously would allow us to tip as well. Um, in additional, he would say the job market and inflation. Even though customers are complaining about needing tips, businesses really aren't pushing back on the the concept of not having people receive tips. He said restaurants, coffee shops and other service businesses have been competing for their work for many years. And he believes that the job market, when it's not great, tipping definitely helps a benefit for people to make ends meet. But the article goes on to say, when does the tipping culture finally stop? Well, a survey from Bankrupt.com says that two-thirds of customers now have a negative, negative effect or a view on tipping. This year alone, tipping is nearly down 10% for restaurant servers. So while tipping for airport snacks and footlong subs, we're getting less and less to the workers themselves. But tipping inflation is what they're calling it now has gotten even crazier. Many people now... As amongst waiters and waitresses have an expectation because the precedent has already been set that they should be getting X amount percent for your order, regardless of the way it is served. All right. Now, obviously towards the end of this, uh, it kind of goes on and says more and more, you know, inflation's on the rise. And when I say regards to how it's served, I don't mean like shitty service. I'm saying they're performing a service for you. Therefore you should do this. Do you think, well, first of all, I like this grind my gears. I think, and I want to get your opinion on this. We did reach into our pockets a little deeper during the pandemic. And I get it, right? There were people, there were very few businesses. There were very few things to be able to get food, to do all these things. I think people were very gracious and very generous because they knew it was a really bad time. But I just don't understand for the life of me why it's become such an expectation for you to do this and where some of these waiters and waitresses get the nerve to speak up and say to a customer that they are unhappy about a tip. I just, I guess to answer your question, but I have no idea how, you know, what got up their asses. And made them think that they're so entitled to this. That I have no idea.
0: I know it's it's fooey to put it mildly. You know I don't have to tip you. I always tip. And like I said, I think we generally tip pretty well when we go out. But you're if I wanna be a dink about it, you're getting paid. You're getting paid to to do your job just like I am, just like you are. Yes, society says we tip servers, bartenders, so on and so forth. But the the expectation of getting a certain amount just because, no, like, am I wrong when I say tipping needs to be for related service?
2: People Exceptional, that would go service,
0: Over and above stuff. Yes, like
2: that. above and beyond.
0: Not just because. Yeah, thanks. You brought me my beer.
2: Well, I, I'm Ooh, even thanks, looking.
0: appreciate that. Like,
2: I I'm know. even looking. How did this even become a thing in general? Like, like, wow.
0: I think tipping is just a North American thing as well. Don't quote me on that. I'm pretty sure it's what it is
2: um i've never heard that before in other countries did they not tip
0: i don't think they tip very much in, uh, in europe
2: i never knew that i might have to look that up um i do have a reason why at least this is the research i've done like just now uh when did tipping 20 percent become the norm and keep in mind i'm talking about here in the states Tipping became a standard practice in the United States in in 1918 with a standard tip of 10%. Over the time 1965 rolled around, the standard tip had increased to 10 to 20%. And a lot of people fell in the middle at 15%. A lot of people thought that was very generous. Nowadays, 20% is often considered the standard for excellent service in the United States. I think at the end of the day, that's the big line right here. Nowadays, 20% is considered the standard tip for excellent service in the United States. Excellent service. Did you know there's an anti-tipping movement? Did you know that?
0: No, that's foolish.
2: Well, an anti-tipping movement has started. The anti-tipping movement is now becoming more of a norm in the United States. It hasn't always caught on with everybody, and it really uh, boils down to different demographics and whatnot. I'm not saying I'm anti-tipping, but if I'm going to tip, yeah, I'm going to want to hope that my service was good, and I feel like you're almost shamed now if you tip nothing. Do you feel like if you tip nothing, they should have the right to shame you? If the service was good, you should tip. So you're okay if they approach people
0: to a point. Like with us, we tip very well. Don't you, don't come to me with your on a $200. bill. Like don't don't do that. Now, if we gave her a ten dollar tip on a two hundred dollar bill, uh, you're a bit of cheap ass. Like that's once again providing the service is good.
2: What's wrong with ten extra bucks in the pocket? Pretty cheap, Mike. It's ten extra dollars. I know it's
0: ten dollars. Right. That that would be a little on, on the light side. Should they be approaching somebody to say, hey, listen, the tip is light? Probably not. It's it's not professional. It's well, it's kind of tacky. It's it's kind of like panhandling. To a certain extent. Like, hey, give me give me more money for. Because, just because, I don't know. really sound like a dickhead, aren't I?
2: No, you're not, because I wouldn't fucking do it, period. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, period. I mean, I want exceptional service for me to give you more money. I am not simply going to do it just because that is a common etiquette. I don't even want exceptional service. But I want decent service. At what point in time are we part and parceling out what type of service is? I mean, you know what I mean? I feel like we're like, well, I don't have to have great service for 25% tip. I just need to have okay service. It's like they're there to do said job already. But for me, it's it's pretty simple.
0: me at a clean table. You know, bring me have the cutlery there, bring it over, whatever it is. I'm probably going to order a beer, so... Bring over my beer. Well, Linda will probably have a glass of wine. Bring that over. We'll order our food. Bring it out in a, in a timely manner, we'll say. Check on us. See if we need anything. That's good at very low maintenance. Very, very low maintenance customers. We're not the ones that expect you to come over and kiss our hind end. Far from it. But it's just, I, it, it's not just that one example. That was what put me right over the edge. That just pissed me off so
2: bad. No, I agree completely. But
0: it's so often, like, you get a cab, you have the option to tip. If you
2: get Uber, you have the option to tip. Why am I tipping you to drive the fucking car? Exactly. Did you, did you make me laugh? Did you offer me candy? Did you do something that was interesting
0: yes if you go over and above like i've tipped uber drivers before
2: what is over and above with someone a taxi what what made your ride like
0: Can ever tip somebody in a taxi but in an uber i have before but like the the last one that i tipped in an uber it was perfect it was actually in vegas guy picked us up he had a little cooler in the back you no, know, there was pop in there. There was water in there. there was yes, absolutely. There. Help yes. yourself.
2: Free. Yes.
0: So, yeah, I'm, I'm not absolutely. just going to, you know, have a bottle of water and a candy bar. Hey, thanks. See you later. No, I'm going to tip you. I'm going to. I agree. Because you've gone over and above for me. Correct. However, if I just jump aboard your car and you take me to my destination, which I appreciate. I pay don't you. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate it. But if it's twenty bucks, twenty bucks. Yes. Thanks, man. I'll see you later. Have a good day. Yes. No. You know, nothing more than that. That's my take on that. the The t- whole tipping culture has gotten ridiculous. I agree. I don't. I don't understand it, and I don't like it.
2: You. You know, interestingly enough. The research I've been doing since we've had this this conversation right here. Not a single solitary person can give me the reason as to why. No one can. All it says is it's typical etiquette. And I get it. You don't burp in people's faces. You don't slurp up your food. You don't talk with your mouth open. I get that. That's etiquette.
0: Well, how do you talk with your mouth closed?
2: Talk with your mouth full. You, you just don't talk. Open. Shut up.
0: I'm gonna okay. edit that out, make it
2: me sound like I was right. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's crazy. Tipping at Starbucks. What the fuck am I tipping for? Anyway. Um, let's move on with the program. So, not many more things do I necessarily want to talk about, but I do think. That there's a big situation happening in AEW and it has to do with tickets. If you follow WrestleTicks on Twitter, which I do, do you follow WrestleTicks on Twitter? But no, I don't. You need to follow it right go now. now. It. Go to it, it should be like an orange logo Wrestle, W R E S T L E, and then T I X. So basically what WrestleTix is, it basically is, and they have a Patreon as well, if you want to get insider information on ticket sales, but if you just want to follow WrestleTix on Twitter, they'll basically tell you, hey, this show for WWE, wherever they're located, has sold this many tickets, this as many is it's set up to seat, this is how many are still outstanding. AEW is not selling tickets. Now, a lot of people can say, well, they just came off of their biggest show in the history of wrestling. Yeah, they have. And and I used to believe that it had a lot to do with the card, but I think it was more of a nostalgia thing. It was Europe was craving something, and AEW fed that that need, right? They scratched that itch. Not to say the card wasn't great because it was really good, but still, I still feel like... Things are a problem. Um, I am not going to Dynamite in Cincinnati, by the way, so don't be looking for me. I will not be there. Um, AEW will hold their third Dynamite from the Heritage Bank in Cincinnati on Wednesday night. Wrestletix noted that the show, now obviously this is probably a little dated, had only sold two thousand one hundred eighty-six tickets. There were still one hundred, or I'm sorry, one thousand four hundred twelve left. The show is currently set up to house 3,598 seats. Here is the card. In the finals, Roderick Strong taking on Samoa Joe. Obviously, the winner takes on uh, MJF at uh, Arthur Ashe Grand Slam. The international championship is on the line. John Moxley takes on Big Bill or W. Morrissey. There's going to be a four-way women eliminator Match with Britt Baker, Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, and Tony Storm. Hangman Adam Page takes on Brian Cage, and Don Callis has he reveals his next masterpiece. In addition to that, we also hear from MJF. It's a good card. Um, why are they not selling more tickets?
0: That's a good question.
2: How much are they? Did you follow did you just follow WrestleTix on Twitter?
0: Yep, I haven't heard.
2: Okay. How
0: much are the tickets?
2: Not bad at all. You can get them for as low as twenty bucks.
0: So that shouldn't be the, the case. It's not a money thing.
2: Correct. Why do people not want to go? I'm I'm just curious. I I I don't know. I'm
0: trying to think of what it could be. I
2: because I mean, if you go on to, if you go on to StubHub, you can get tickets easily. You can get tickets, but if I just go to, um, let me just go to Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. I'm going to click Ticketmaster. I'm going to click here. I'm going to type in the word Cincinnati, and I'm going to be able to tell you how many. Tickets and where I can get them at. All right, search. Let's see here. AEW, AEW Wrestling. September thirteenth, Wednesday at seven thirty p.m. All right, let me click on get tickets, and I'm actually going to send you this link as well in our private chat, so you can follow along with me, and you can see exactly what I'm seeing. I, I just, I'm just befuddled because it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, if, if John Moxley is a big deal, and he's a Cincinnati guy, why in God's name are people not wanting in Cincinnati to go see John Moxley? Maybe John Moxley isn't as big as I thought he was. Maybe I'm wrong about that. So I click on tickets. It does this little scroll bar. It tells me the availability of tickets, which I know is a Now it says it's limited. The event is very popular. You better buy your ticket before it sells out. All right. So... Lower level section 104, $29 a ticket. Section 133, $30 a ticket. I mean, you can get, I mean, these aren't expensive prices at all. Lower level 103, $37 a ticket. All in the third, you get floor seats for $39. What? Are you seeing this?
0: Yeah. Floor.
2: Row F. Floor, row F. Floor, section six. There it is right there. There it is right there. You can be on the floor. That's if crazy. You take your cursor and go over the blue sections, like closest to the ring, section two. There's 12 tickets available on the floor for 58 bucks a piece. Okay? If you go to ringside, there's seven tickets available. If you section four, there are 122 a piece. Granted, I mean, that's,
0: that's not that's not terrible, though, Mike.
2: No, uh, if you're in section five, hover over that. There's nine tickets available at fifty four dollars a piece. Now, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know why AEW only does half houses. It's not necessarily a half house, but they just don't offer tickets in a venue this this size which is almost kind of sad as well. It's not a very big venue. It's not. So.
0: Yeah. I don't know why they don't sell tickets. Like it doesn't make sense.
2: No, because everything you hovered over, you could easily pick up tickets. I mean, if you scroll down on the left-hand side of the screen, tons of $41 tickets. Scroll all the way down. If you go down to the very bottom... Then you start to get into row A through T, sixty-six dollars lower level. Um, if you literally wanted to get the best seat possible, you could get row C in section one hundred one. Which I well, that doesn't make sense. That's no, fine. That's,
0: no, I'm not paying that.
2: No, I'm not paying three thirty-three. But I'm, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You can get sections four, five, six, and two. All for pretty reasonable.
0: So section four says ring side, row C, so third row. Third row, for well one twenty two, right? Canadian. I assume this is Canadian. I don't know.
2: This is American.
0: Still, that's not a bad price for th- three rows from the ring. Correct. That's yeah, pretty it's pretty damn good.
2: Mm-hmm. So click on section five. It says floor row F A B C D E. That's root that's six rows. 54 bucks.
0: Yeah, that's
2: why is AEW not selling any tickets? Look at this. Everything in white, they're not opening up at all.
0: So, I'm like section seven. That must be where the cam set up.
2: Correct. Hard that's, hard, that's hard cam. Correct. Yeah, they don't put anything over there.
0: This is and a bit sad, Mike.
2: This is sad.
0: But I'm, I'm not trying to be smart about it. it this is not good.
2: Nope. I don't know. I've just I've kind of put my going to live events kind of on hold right now. So,
0: I mean, it's hard if I'm going to go to an event and it's whatever five thousand seats. Uh There's only two thousand seats sold. Twenty five hundred seats sold. That's not a lot of fun.
2: No, because it's virtually empty.
0: No, that's. I mean, hell. I went to an independent show. This was a couple years ago here in Kingston. And who was the headliner? Um, It was Tommy Dreamer and Billy Gunn versus two guys from Toronto. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Uh, Bigger names up here. So, it was, no, I mean, there was Mark Henry was there, so there was a bit, but I think there was over 2,000 people at that event. And this is basically an indie show, a, a nice indie show, but it was an indie show. Mm-hmm. But, gee whiz, AEW's not pulling in. There's something wrong there. Now, obviously, I... That stayed in the obvious there, but there's...
2: I would love to say that there's something that doesn't pass the smell test, but, I mean, that's unfortunately the way it is.
0: But why not for those prices? Because if know. you go to see Dynamite, mm-hmm. you're going to get Dynamite and Rampage, no? Because cool. do you not film Rampage?
2: Correct. You get you get two shows. Correct. And you may even get Ring of Honor.
0: For 50 bucks? 60 yeah. bucks? Right. It's pretty cheap. Pretty cheap entertainment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Hell is twenty bucks these days to we'll go see a movie. I think.
2: Yeah. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go ahead and go back to this, and I'm gonna check out. Let's see. All right. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna send you something else. This is Ticketmaster for wwe raw again i'm not trying to, to, to be smirch anybody or you know talk bad about them but let's just do a little little comparison a little compare and contrast let's see where the hell is that button at all right so click on that link right there so that's going to be wwe raw and just for the sake of this experiment let's go ahead and let's pick uh, uh should we pick the the toyota center and Uh, Ontario, California, where should we pick? Omaha, what's kind of an obscure place? Salt Lake City's a bit... How about we pick Cleveland, Ohio? Said nobody ever, sure. Thank you very much. Let's go to Cleveland, Ohio. Let's see what we got here. Loading tickets. Look at that. That's
0: insane. Okay, so floor seats here. Uh section three. Tickets starting at 283 apiece. Yep. You know let's... so while we talking, let's look at nosebleeds here. Nosebleeds starting at 129.
2: 129?
0: If the cheapest ticket is 129 bucks.
2: Uh-huh. But they're selling a ton of tickets.
0: You know, that's kinda what separates WWE from AEW though.
2: It it does. And and my whole question was You know, you got these stars and and I hate to say it, but like when they promote like the bigger events like Arthur Ashe and whatnot, they got a lot of people for Arthur Ashe the first time around. They got like Mm -hmm. 20,000. They didn't quite get 20,000 the second time. They got less than that. I'm very curious what they're going to get this time. And I don't think they're going to see. I thought the whole announcing Wembley was probably not a good idea either. You did it once. Great. Don't go back again. Because what's going to happen is the only thing people are going to do is compare the last event to this one and how much smaller it is. Unless by the time you come back in one year, things have changed dramatically.
0: You're not going to get 80,000 people at that event next year. That's foolish. They won't come close.
2: No, no way. You know, you got to be,
0: you gotta let that breathe. Give that a couple years before you try to pull that off again.
2: Well, that's the problem with AEW. They keep going back to the same markets and they just keep going after it and going after it. And people only may have so much expendable money to go to see a show. So if you, if you drop a decent amount of coin on a show and then they come back less than six months later, you're not going to drop that again. If they come back once every two years, remember absence makes the heart grow fonder right
0: mm-hmm.
2: make people want to see you again i just don't know what's going to happen with the company i mean there's so many moving parts here you got adam cole and brian danielson and john moxley and you got a lot of great talent but just no one wants to show up i just don't get it
0: it does anyway. make sense because the tickets are not expensive you've been to a aw event you've been to two haven't you I have. Is the production?
2: Cracking? I think it's, no. I think it looks great. So, I think it looks absolutely great. Not a problem whatsoever.
0: So you, I don't know. So what would stop you from going? Really, if you're a fan, what's going to stop you? The price shouldn't be the issue.
2: No, it's not the money. I'm just not that interested.
0: Well, oh no, no, I agree. But I'm just thinking, not necessarily just you people in general because they're oh. not getting nobody at, at the events so what's stopping you tickets prices shouldn't be because they're cheap by wrestling standards mm-hmm. so you assume that's not the case right is it because it's wednesday night okay yeah thursday you gotta work fair but i mean you'll go to monday night raw most people had to work tuesday Mm-hmm. So that's a no. It's a work night. So you wouldn't think that's the situation, correct? You say the the event, the atmosphere is good when you're at a live show,
2: correct? It's very good.
0: So that's not the issue. They just not have any fans, Mike? Let's let's look at this very basic
2: here. I don't know if they do.
0: Is it just nobody gives a damn?
2: It might be. I'm looking at Arthur. We know
0: uh, WWE has got significantly more fans.
2: Oh, there's no doubt about that.
0: But if you're not selling three thousand seats, four thousand seats to the weekly show, that's a problem. Yeah. If it was a house show. In wherever Tallahassee, then I don't know. Fair enough, but it's your dinosaur weekly live show.
2: For, it's your flagship, yeah.
0: That's that's a big issue. That that's that's big red flag right there. Something not right. Because if they're well, not drawing people, how do they make them money?
2: Well, they're making money, obviously, off of the the TV deal rights right now. They're making some good money for that, and evidently the TV um, the the deal that they have right now, they're very happy with anywhere from seven hundred to eight hundred thousand for collision or for um dynamite. I mean, I'm looking at all these for AEW on Ticketmaster right now, and I'm telling you right now, like, not all of them are selling. Like, they're just they're just not. And granted, some of these have some time, like Saturday, September 30th. It still has some time. But, I mean, not Not really. Not a ton of time. Um, Let's see here. Let's go to Toledo, Ohio. This is going to be a house show in Toledo, Ohio. Let's see. Uh, uh, It's a half house again. So. I don't know what's happening, Butster. So if anybody listening has any insight on this, you know, we, we all know that, you know, it's not exact. Okay, I, I just let's let's do this. The the forum in California. This is a big one, right? This is a big one. They're doing all eight wrestling on a Friday night. They're doing all from the Kia Forum in Inglewood on a Saturday night. Holy shit. They're doing two nights there. No I mean obviously they have a lot of time Still that's not until November 17th But I just don't know How many I mean a lot of half houses A lot of things are being papered It's just not
0: What do you think that would be the break Even though
2: it's a good call To rent the place To handle production and all that kind of Stuff I don't even I don't have a clue You gotta
0: be doing Better than 50% To break even not make money, break even.
2: Like break that. even, yeah. No, I agree. I don't I'd know. like to know what the numbers are with that.
0: Because how long can a company last if the only money they're making is on a TV deal?
2: Yeah, I don't know.
0: I know it sounds like a Debbie Downer, but I no. think it's a valid question.
2: You know, it is a very valid question. and I think that a lot of people are probably asking the same things. What is going on? Why is the company not selling tickets? Anyway, I just thought that I just thought that was interesting as far as how things are doing. Um, so for example, this past uh, Wednesday night, yes, the sixth, uh, they had, a 0.31 in the 18 to 49 demo and they ended up having a total of 887,000 viewers. That's not bad. 887. No. Again, they're always in that 700 to 900,000, oh. never hitting a million. And then obviously you have your your other show uh, Rampage which does maybe 3 to 400,000 and then maybe collision is going to do somewhere around five hundred thousand.
0: When they do these numbers, do they just take in the states?
2: Yeah, this is just the U.S. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're not taking in TSN or anything else into consideration. No. So here's the most. Here, here's how they've done so far. So where is this list here? They did in 2022. They actually had some really really good numbers in 2022. They were over a million multiple weeks in the 900 upper 900 thousands. Um and then obviously cresting over into 2023 that's when things started to to drop off. So in 2023 in January, you had eight hundred sixty-four thousand. Then you had nine sixty-seven, nine sixty-nine, a million three, nine hundred one, et cetera, et cetera. And then most recently, let's go down to the most recent ratings. Most recent ratings: eight eighty-seven this week, eight seventy-one the prior week, eight seventy on eight twenty-three, eight seventy-four on eight sixteen. 846 on 8982 had 894,000 so yeah 700 to 900,000 right there they are not growing whatsoever
0: they never have that's the pretty much the same thing they've had since they started
2: they have a loyal base and that's it
0: yep and that doesn't work
2: so i don't know we'll see what happens so we'll see what happens guys this has been fun hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation between me and the butster uh talking about wwe vince mcmahon what's happening with that the merger with the company the mcmahon final last stand we talked a little bit about whether nick Khan would be wanting and accepting to take cm punk back it doesn't seem like that's necessarily the case right now what's going on with AEW and their ticket sales we discussed that as well We also had a really good segment of tipping. Love to know what your thoughts are on tipping as well. Uh, If you have anything else that you would like to continue with this discussion, hit us up on social media. You can hit me up at the Mike Freeland, T-H-E-M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. You can hit the Buster at gotnoof2291. That's it. Um, And if you're interested in purchasing toys from the butt, Or you would like to talk to him about woodworking You can go to his Facebook page And what is the title Of that Facebook page
0: CB79 Wooden Toy Maker
2: Perfect CB79 Wooden Toy Maker Uh, Hit him up, ask him questions Um, He is unveiling A new line of toys as well Coming up, I I don't think that's a a Secret Uh, Dinosaurs, and what was the other one coming out?
0: Dinosaurs and
2: volcanoes. Right? Dinosaurs and volcanoes. Um, that That's just the tip of the iceberg, guys. I mean, th- there's a whole backlog of catalogs of toys you can select from as well. However, those are just the new things coming out, obviously, as of right now. All right, any final words before we put a bow tie on this, Butster? Anything else that's on your mind about wrestling, life, anything?
0: No. Life's um... good. Yeah, Pumpkin we have a little bitch fest about uh, tipping, but realistically, life's good. I got no complaints, man. Life is good. I'm happy. I'm healthy. Linda hasn't killed me yet for some reason. (laughs) Things are good, and I get to hang out with you again on a Tuesday night.
2: You know what? Life doesn't get much better because, you know what? I do pay the butt to be my friend. And you know what? I'm not ashamed to say that. By the way, the check's in the mail. The last one bounced, so I was just about to say it might be made of rubber, so just thought I'd let you know. Uh, You guys have been tremendous. Thank you so much for the downloads again. Thank you for listening to the show. Everybody who's been there since literally day one and listening to our discussions and our conversations, it means a lot to us. And um, Hopefully, we're able to help you get through whatever you're doing, whether you're on a long drive down that country road in the middle of the night, listening to our voices, or maybe you're on an airplane and you're just settling in and you're getting comfy with that airplane pillow. Or maybe you're in the lavatory and you took your phone and your earbuds, because as you drop a deuce at 20,000 feet, you'd like to hear our voices as that process occurs. Whatever it may be, maybe you're on a long bike ride. Maybe you're looking out at a sunset and you decide what would make this moment in life better? The can connection, right? Or maybe you're setting the tone for a romantic evening with the woman and you put rose petals on the bed, but you don't put on that, that berry white. You put on the Can Am Connection when it's about to go down. With that being said, I'm Mike Freeland for Christopher Butt. It's been fun, it's been real. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Room Material Brand.